we had built into our schedule, um, for lack of a better term, we just called it after this week, uh, just kind of a review, but we may take some of that to, to spend more time here. Uh, what I was hoping was, is after we get through these, uh, ha actually have a practical class where we maybe have a Vines here or Strong's and that kind of thing, and I'll, I'll have a passage, maybe it's a series of verses, or and we'll actually break those things down on, on how, how one might study uh, that, that, that particular passage. So I'm still working on that, but uh, uh, let me ask the question, um, is Bible study optional? Is serious Bible study optional? Well, it appears to be uh, among uh, among a lot of Christians. Uh, serious Bible study. We, you know, we th this is our weekly or daily Bible study. Then Jesus said, answered, "Are there not twelve hours in?" No wonder we don't understand the Bible sometimes because we don't have a plan. Well, I'm going to try to the best of my ability to give us a plan. And then you can modify it, add to it, <clears throat> throw it away, whatever. But we'll, the idea is to get us thinking about coming up with a plan of consistent uh, daily daily Bible study. Um, in Proverbs 9, verse 10, which I've got that there for you, we won't take a lot of time on the first page. We'll, we'll, I want to start really with uh, on how to study the Bible. That's where I really want to start today. But uh, make sure... <clears throat> that this week, you, you, you look at all of these verses, uh, so you'll have a background when we get to a little bit deeper into what we're talking about. Uh, Ryan, do you have... Uh, yeah. Mitch, would you get a pencil from me while you're over there? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of trouble. You're a lot of trouble. <laughs> but I'm old. You said that, I'm not me. So, the Bible study, make a plan. So, read this background, so you'll be you'll be ready then for Wednesday night or, or next Sunday if, if you're not here on Wednesday. So, I want to go to this page, the next page. How to study the Bible. Now, um, so many people really, um, really was, really do struggle on how do I go about systematically studying the Bible, and I'm hoping, hoping that we will, uh, will be able to answer some of those uh, questions. Now, first of all, get a Bible you can write in. Now, these are holy scriptures, but make a lot of notes. Make a lot of notes. Um, use highlighters and, and all of that kind of thing. And as you can see, uh, do a lot of writing in there. Um, this is just a one thing I like to do is I know we are, we're in electronic age. I, I, I get all of that. The, the thing with electronics when you're studying with somebody who's not a Christian is uh, there's a lot of this. Well, wait just a second. We were at this point. They don't. They, they're gonna think you don't know what you're talking about. Whereas when you go to the Bible where you've got things written, you don't even have to look up. And because beside most verses, I've got another verse. 
I said, well, why don't we go over to Hebrew, you know, whatever, Hebrews chapter 4, whatever it happens to be. And they go, you know what he's talking about. Well, hopefully we do, but um, it's not a lot of dead time. So feel free to write in your Bibles multiple verses. Now, it takes years to, to do all of that. Um, but get a Bible that you can write in and highlight in and that kind of thing. It will really help you. And sometimes you just take a verse and let and, let, and go to another verse and then you've got a, a passage written there, which takes you to another verse. So you kind of got a trail without having a lot of dead time looking, <coughs> looking up things in your cell phone and, and people questioning whether you know what you're talking about or not. And that's just a tip there. So get a Bible you can write in. Now, you're going to find you're going to have, like, you're going to have three or four or five Bibles or more with different versions and that kind of thing, but that's okay. It's also good to be able, if you've got a new King James like this one is, well, if you're studying, I have a have an English Standard Version. I have a, a New American Standard Version. Well, let's see. I wonder how that, uh, that ver how that verse reads in the other one so you can get an idea uh, of different words and different ideas and, and so on. So uh, get a Bible you can write in. Um, but there, there are some people, particularly in the world, that say, oh, no, that's, that's holy. Now, there's dust on it that thick on their, on their, <laughs> on their uh, table there, so it's pretty holy, all right. Uh, it's meant to be used. It's meant to be used. Wear them out. I think it's another one. That kind of thing. All right, so pray about it. You want to be a better Bible student? You all want to be better, better Bible students? Pray about it. Pray about it. Lord, I... I want to be a better Bible student. I want to know more about you. And we're going to get into more details later, but I think that's real, really important. You've got to pray about it. Uh, when you say get a Bible that you can write in, as an example, my New American Standard from the 70s, mm -hmm. where I made all of my notes on the book of Isaiah, you can't read them now because the ink is blended mm -hmm. in paper. Uh, that's a good point. They, they make ink pens now, and also highlighters that don't bleed. So if you're going to start out, I recommend getting one of those, some of those pens and highlighters that don't bleed through to the other side. Uh, it might cost you a little bit extra, but not too bad. Uh, but that's a good, that's a good point too, because they, they do bleed uh, over time. There are ways around that. That's a good point. Um, when you're reading a passage, read it several times. Um, I like to read it quietly and then read it out loud. Then I read it quietly again. Now, if that, if that works for you, that's wonderful. It does for me. Um, I like to write down the scripture. Get you? Uh, I've got on the next page there, you know, uh, 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 setting the environment, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself there. Um, Leave you room for notes on your notepad. Don't jam everything up. Well, I like to squeeze, you know, write a verse and then leave some space. Write a verse and leave some space. Write a verse and leave some space. Uh, so that you got, uh, you can define words and, and you can make your notes and then uh, you, you can put it all together and it'll make a lot more sense to you. So skip lines. Look for key words and phrases. Uh, you, do you believe God has a highlighter? You know, we bold, italic, underline, or we highlight. Again, how do you think I'm using it? 
give me a little uh, poetic license there, but how, uh, how does God highlight words, phrases, chapters, books? Repetition. Repetition. Uh, you'll see the, uh, the word used several times. Well, that's God saying, uh, take note here now. Take note on that because I'm using this word, uh, I chose this word uh, particularly. So when you see a phrase or a word repeatedly, write that down in your notes and, and look up what those words mean because he's saying this is important. You know, we saw in Hebrews 9 this morning when, uh, with Alan, talked about the conscience in the Old Testament versus the conscience of the New Testament. It's important. It, it, I just highlighted that for you. I, I try to get our attention. Make sure you make sure you see that and understand that. Uh, so key words, phrases, ideas, places. Now you may uh, a lot of you do, of course. I'm not uh, use a concordance to write down the meaning of the words. We'll talk about concordances. I don't know if we we'll get to it this morning. We might, but uh, Wednesday night and then next Sunday, a concordance where every word in the in the in the Bible is is it tells you where you find it. Concordance. And then there are other things, the dictionaries, what have you, that tell you what that word means in each of those locations. So we'll get into that as well. Um, answering key questions. See number five there? This is important. Now feel free to jump in now. I'm not, uh, there's a lot to go over, but I, this is an interactive class. Um, answer these questions in your notes when you're studying. Who is, it, is, is, is the writer addressing here? Who? Uh, just, just real quickly, go over, it's not in your notes, but you may want to write it down. Go over to Galatians chapter 1. This is the one that just, that just jumped out to me. Now read the first, Galatians chapter 1, read the first couple of verses and tell me who Paul is writing this letter to. Now, Galatia... Is that a region or a city or a town? It's a region. From the original, it's where they, we got the word Gaul, G-A-U-L. What country is that today? France. So it gives you some idea. Uh, that's where they were from before they relocated to Asia Minor, if you, if you, if you, if you want to think of it like that. Now look at, look at verse 2. Um, to the churches of Galatia. Um, so he, he tells you who he's writing it to. And, he, and I didn't highlight all of these, but he, he talks in, in this book about uh, the implication is he's talking to Christians. Now, if he's talking to the churches of Galatia, by definition, who's he talking to? Christians. Okay. So we ask ourselves that question. Who is he talking to? And I just picked Galatians 1. We could choose any book and, and come up with who he's talking to. But in this case, so you want to ask yourself in your notes, you leave yourself plenty of room, who is he talking to here? I always ask you, Christians, non-Christians? Uh, talking to Jews or is he talking to Gentiles, non-Christians? You can ask yourself those questions. Otherwise, you know, reading and studying the Bible, it's not going to make a lot of sense unless you kind of start pulling some of this stuff together. So who? When was it written? Now, someone uh, turn to Colossians 2 and verse 14 and read that for me. Colossians 2 and verse 14. And I'll tell you why I'm, I'm asking that question just a second, or making that verse. 
Colossians 2 and verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Okay. So we, we ask ourselves, when? When was this book you're studying written? And the reason being, there, there were a lot of books written before Jesus was nailed to the cross. The Old Testament. So we can't... Uh, Galatians 2 verse 14 says that when Jesus died, He nailed the old law to His cross. Now we're still to study it. There's a lot of benefit to it. But you can't go back um, on how to become a child of His uh, after Colossians 2 and verse 14 kind of thing. After Jesus died. You hear people say that something. Well, in the Old Testament, they had instrumental music. That's true. That's true. And we can afford instrumental music. It's not like we can't afford it. It's not that. After Jesus died on the cross, all that old law was nailed to it. And we're under uh, the law of grace, under, under Jesus. So you just can't find instrumental music in the New Testament. So you have to know when it was written. Um, Jew, Gentile, Christian, non-Christian, uh, before or after Christ's ascension. Old Testament or New Testament? When? Where? Was it written? Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now we all, we're all, I can't spend a lot of time on it, but 1 Corinthians 8. Where was it written? Now, obviously, it was written to the Corinthians, the book, uh, the, the Corinthian church there. Now, what kind of customs were they living under? Did they have the internet? Did they, I mean, did, 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 uh, um, did have grocery store? Did, did have all the stuff? It was a different environment. They were still um, eating meats offered to idols then. So when we get to 1 Corinthians 8, he says, "Don't Christians can't eat meat that have been offered to idols. Do we have that problem today? Not really. I, I suppose it could happen, but not really. Um, but now, so it was written to the Corinthians who had a problem with eating meat sacrificed to idols. Now, while we don't have that issue, this chapter 8 talks about um, being sensitive to your conscience and that kind of thing, along with Romans 14. Are there applications we can make to ourselves today? In other words, uh, it doesn't violate our conscience and we... And and this, some of these, I'll call them gray areas. I hope you understand what I'm saying, mean by that. Um, but if it violates a brother or sister's conscience, what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 8? You, you, you better not to, don't, don't do that. You, you better off not to do that. Um, so we have to ask ourselves, where? What were the customs at that time? What were the customs at that time? Uh, why was it written? Um, look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. Uh, it, hopefully this will give us an example of why. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. The, uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. Um, 
the Thessalonians were having a problem or, or a misunderstanding of family members that had died and are gone. And they're worried about it. So Paul addresses the why here. He says, um, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. So we can see that the Scriptures can inform, do inform us uh, about a topic or an issue or a concern that those who have died. He said, don't, don't be concerned about those who have died who are, who are in Jesus. And don't sorrow as others who don't have any hope. Um, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he talks about at the end the Lord will come back with a shout. There will be a, lot, a loud shout. Another place there will be trumpets blowing. Uh, it's going to get everybody's attention. No one's going to have to worry or wonder, what's that about? What was that noise? You're going to know. We're going to know. So he says to the Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. So this was written, at least this, this, verse, uh, this chapter here, about concerns that people have. Now, lessons for you and me. Do we have concerns about a lot of things, don't we? Topics? Well, okay. Let's go find it. Well, you can't find it if you don't know the Bible. You don't know the New Testament in this case we're talking about. So uh, that's the why. Now, sometimes uh, he, told, uh, he told a group that... Um, you. You've been, you've been uh, thieves in the past. Um, he said, those that stole, don't steal anymore. So now, how, who's he talking to there? He's talking to people that, now, is that a, uh, uh, um, how, how would that be coming across? As a little bit of a chastisement? Yes. Does the Bible chastise us? You better believe it. Reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So we have to understand why was this written? And then notice the notice number E. This is real important. How does a passage apply to me as a follower of Jesus? Otherwise, it's just a mental exercise. It's just an academic exercise. And there are people who view the Bible like that, the academics. Um, we have to ask ourselves. After you read this, what does that mean to me? What lesson can I... And you need to write that down on your, on your sheets there where you left yourself a lot of space when you answer these questions. Now, one thing, it, one thing this is, is this a quick thing? No. No. How long is it going to take to learn this stuff? Well... A life. I've been working on it a long time. A lifetime. <laughs> but, you know, I, when you were talking about uh, the reproof and correction... There's not anything that God tells us either do or don't do that's not for our good. And if we remember that right. first and foremost, right. then I think some of these other things might be able to reach. That's right. It's not that God's sitting up on his throne somewhere. I don't want... Hey, we're having fun down there. Hey, stop that. It's not like he doesn't want us to enjoy our lives. It's not that he doesn't want us to enjoy our families. It's not that he doesn't want us to... But he's doing it for our good. He's doing it for our good. You see that? That's a good point, uh, Nelma. Um, and how does my life need to change? Sometimes we, we uh, people will, will, will try to. Uh, I've, I've got this idea in my mind. Now I'm going to try my best to prove it. 
Well, you got it backwards. We've probably all been guilty of that. I suspect I have to as well. Um, you don't have your mind made up. This makes your mind up. And then we adapt to it. Not try to try to uh, look for a loophole, that, that kind of thing. Um, Philippians 2 and verse 14 says, Do all things without grumbling and complaining. Paul, you got personal there, brother. What does that mean? <laughs> Do not grumble, grumble and complain against one another. Now, you've got to have help to misunderstand that. Then, why do I do that sometimes? Human. Uh, that's That might help me a little bit. But uh, we, we kind of, it's like James looking in the mirror. Sometimes we just forget who we are. So, uh, it's real clear. Um, sometimes, I'm telling you, members of the Church of Christ can be some of the biggest grumblers and complainers that I know. Paul said, don't do that. Period. It's a real simple verse. It's, it's, a, it's a hard verse sometimes. So, the scriptures are used for that. How does that apply to me? So, in your, on, your, on your sheet or two there, you leave leaving lots of room, uh, at the bottom, put lessons. I, I like to just use all, even on my PowerPoints, lessons learned. Not lessons that... Uh, that uh, that, that Ryan needs to know, less Mitch needs to know. And appreciate and change if necessary. Uh, do, 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 does that make sense to you? Okay. So answer those key questions. Uh, Scott, go ahead, sir. Well, this is just, uh, as I was thinking about this, and there's different people who are coming to this from maybe brand new Christians, don't know anything yes. about the Bible. Yes. Something that is very helpful, because we did it, think back in Ohio, there's different versions of this. Sometimes we would do it with just even young ones. There's a, there's a method and different things that uh, I think Bob Baldwin does one where there's like 17, it's kind of the story of the Bible. And, and it's like you can almost memorize. It's like before the flood, the flood, scattering of the people, patriarchs. And that kind of helps you get into this who and when. If you kind of have that as a, as a starting point, because otherwise, because the Bible is not written chronologically, right? You know, you've got these minor prophets. Some of them are before the exile. Some are after. Some are during the days mm -hmm. of the kings. If you have something like that as well, I think that's also a good tool. Um, but even maybe even before you get into some of these things, kind of understanding that. Um, yes. Beyond just Old New Testament. Uh, oh, that's true, and that's on the next page. <laughs> uh, but thank you. But, but no, it's, a, it's a great point, Scott. It's a great point. It, it is. Um, all right. Now what? Choose a book of the Bible. Choose a book. Start. This, now these are just suggestions. Now this is not scripture. Uh, this is just living on the earth a long time. Not as long as no. <laughs> living on, or not. But living on the earth a long time and just learning. And sometimes you learn it the easy way and sometimes it slaps you sideways. But you, you learn. And so here's what I... These are just ideas. Choose a book of the Bible. I like to start with a... Choose a shorter book. That don't have to be. But choose a shorter book. 
Uh, James is a good practical uh, uh, book on day-to-day -day living. Titus. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Now I'm going to... Uh, you're going to have to know what the background of that, but we'll get to that here in a two or three more weeks. <laughs> over on some of that. Now you may spend three or four weeks on this book. If you do it right. Well, Mitch, you're talking about a lot of time here, son. Yeah. Talking about a lot of time here, son. Okay. And it goes on for years and years, and basically, as Ryan said, your whole life. <laughs> It's going to take a while. Don't get in a hurry. What are you taking, medicine? <laughs> you know, it's okay. You don't have to hurry so you can go do something else. Take your time. And you don't have to know everything at once. You don't. It, we all start somewhere, don't we? And you know where that is? Square one. Yeah. Now, sometimes you start at square one, you're 65 or 70 years old. The Lord understands that. He understands that. Or you may be 12 or 13. The Lord understands that. But here's what He... He understands as well. After a while, you need to be making progress. You got to be making some progress. You, you can't can't be where you are uh, a year from now, two years, five years from now. You can't. You got to be growing, Jason. I, I was going to say, if you're on square three and ten years later you're on square three point five, there's there's a there's an issue that you need to resolve. Yep. Uh, point C there, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 verses we all know. These are God-breathed words. These are inspired words. This is not something that He used men to write them in, in their vernacular. But God told them what words to use. The words are inspired. So, um, um, uh, point number D. Read the entire book more than once. Here again, we're all in a hurry. We're all in a hurry. Got to be moving, moving, moving. Read the entire book more than once. And when you get finished, read it again. If that's a book you chose to study this month, or this week, or this two weeks, or whatever. We talked about this a little bit. Look for themes as you read. Key words. Words that you use multiple times. Look for application life's principles. We, we did that already. Uh, talk a little bit. And point G, uh, I call it zoom in. Slow down. Slow down. Read it verse by verse. Pray about it. Slow down. Break down the text. Break it down. Uh, look for deeper understanding. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, one of my favorite verses in the entire New Testament until I read the next one, and it's my favorite. But, uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 12. The Word of God is... And it is active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This, this is powerful stuff right here. And it also tells us who we're dealing with. How powerful is this God? All powerful. <laughs> All powerful. He's not, he says, God says, this word, my word, is so powerful, I, I, I God, can identify between a soul and spirit. Anybody want to take, give that a shot? I didn't think so. Uh, what about joints and marrow? Nah, over my pay grade. 
What about the discerning between the thoughts and the intents of the heart? That's a real good one. Can anybody do that? He can. So sometimes we, you know, we think we, we can fool God by this or that and make these excuses. He said, he's saying it's because I know the difference between your thought and the intent of your heart. Well, that's good because I don't. Don't. It's interesting that in that verse he doesn't pick the big things of creation. He takes takes the minute aspects of life that are beyond our comprehension. That, 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 that's true. Um, I mean, it's not what this class is about, but uh, just to tie in what Donald said, the, the, um, the complexity of our body. Uh, men and women will spend 30 years trying to, to, to be the top surgeon or whatever, and then they still don't understand it all. So he's not even talking about that. He's just talking about this and this. He said, I, I know not only your thoughts, I know the intent of your thoughts. Like so, so we can't hide from him. I like the next verse. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. What's that last part, Delma? To whom we must give an account. We're going to stand at attention on that last great day. And we're going to give an account of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So, sometimes we all have, I, you know, you play games with him a little bit, well, they know games to be played. He knows all about you. He knows all about me. Uh, and he knows the difference between a reason and an excuse. He does. And we're going to be standing before his throne one day to give out a cap. I, and I do all of that seriousness because it is serious, but, but that's how you view your Bible study. <coughs> seriously. Seriously. Take it seriously. Alright, so now we've got, we're going to get the environment here on the next page, but right now, so we're kind of looking for themes, we've got a Bible we can write in, we're praying about it, we're, we're identifying who's it written to, when was it written, all of that. What does it mean to me in the context of Hebrews 4 and verse 12. And after you've done all of that, you can bring in some work aids if you like. But don't drag out your commentary first thing. Like, I don't know what that means, but is there a Reader's Digest version here of this thing? Because I don't have time for all this. Well, you're wasting time. You can't view it like that. There are no shortcuts. We're all looking for shortcuts, aren't we? Um, and a lot of areas, but there's no shortcuts here. So we'll, we'll talk about the concordances and the dictionary and the Bible atlases and the pictorial uh, Bible, all of that uh, later. But that's when you bring that in after you've done your preliminary stuff. And God gave us a brain. He says, I'd like for you all to use that. And then you can bring in uh, some work aids a little bit later to help with your... Uh, maybe with some of your thinking. Um, Jesus said in Luke 11, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Be doers and not just hearers. And in point number, uh, letter K, set your own pace, do not get in a hurry. Now maybe you've only got 30 minutes a day. 20 minutes a day. Okay. Set your own pace.
at your own pace. Now, tip for practical Bible study. Practical tip for Bible study. Set up an environment that's conducive to study. Go to a private room and close your door. You have to close your door if you live in a cell, but anyway. But in other words, get, get it quiet, conducive to study. Maybe you study while your spouse is gone. Uh, so study with your spouse. Oh, that's wonderful too, but there are times when you study by yourself. You need the privacy. You do. Turn off your TV and radio. Put your phone on vibrate. The, the world will go on without you for 30 minutes. Put it on vibrate. Put your phone somewhere else. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Have adequate lighting. Have a nice place where you got some good lighting. Or, or you'll find yourself not wanting to study because the conditions just aren't right. Get you a good, some good lighting. Um, use good pens and highlighters, which we've studied, we, we, hit, we hit on early, earlier. Get good pens. If you don't want the bleeding kind, and then go find out to a, some sort of religious store or order online or something. But get you some pens that don't bleed through. Some highlighters don't bleed through. Um, but have those ready. Sit in a comfortable chair. Now I know a lot of you that work hard all day long. You sit in a comfortable chair. What? You go. Um, but. I like a comfortable chair. I have one in my office. Now I've got my desk chair and my computer, and I got all my books here. All that's fine. But I've also got when I'm reading, I'm going to use the term reading for pleasure, so to speak. I'm over in my easy chair and I got my feet up. <laughs> and I got a good light right over my head and, and I'm reading. Now, I can't say occasionally you don't find yourself doing this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but have, a, have a comfortable place, a, a commodious place, light, all of that, uh, and, and by yourself with everything turned off. Okay. I had a high school teacher, my high school honors English teacher, the first thing he told us when we first started was when you're studying you need to study in a comfortable position he says I don't care if you're laying on the floor with your feet up the wall or over both ends of the chair you know he says you have to be comfortable in order for you to study and to retain it if you're not comfortable if you're sitting in that straight back wooden chair you know you're the first thing you do when you sit down is you tighten your shoulders up yeah so Already, you've got you've got blocks to to it. Yeah, have your comfortable chair, have your your cushion that you sit on, have your whatever, but be comfortable. That was always his big thing. He knew some of us at the time we did better if we had the radio on. He says, but if you have the radio on, he says it needs to be really low. Okay. It needs to be a background noise because it's something we live with noise all the time so some people have learned that's how they learn better if you can't do it don't do it no, that, that's true you had to be the bronca has to be totally zero noise i mean a cricket chirp there's a problem <laughs> i always i've got a little music in the background it's real low mm -hmm. yeah. 
I, I just have to have it. That's how I learn. I, I, there's something, you know, I don't know. I can't explain it. I like a little music. Now, I, I, I'm not going to have the Rolling Stones in the background. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. But a little low music, I like that. She does not. Right. A cool place. Yeah. <laughs> do not. That, yes. There's a reason they keep libraries cold. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That, that's a real good point. Make it comfortable. If you like air on you, put a fan on you. That's going to blow your papers, but anyway, uh, uh, she doesn't like air on her. Okay, I like a little air blowing on me. We, but make it cool enough so that you, you're just not thinking the whole time, well, this is hot. Fall uh, you just fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, you will. So cool it down. I, that's a, I didn't have that in there, but I'm going to put it in there. That, 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 that's, a good, uh, that's a good point. Michelle says she needs to chew gum. Chew gum? I do. I, okay. I a, because I'm a... I'm not good at sitting still, so something has to be moving. <laughs> it's true. That's how I roll. <laughs> okay. The, the point is you have to figure out what's going to be the least distracting environment yes. for you to be able to focus. No, no, and that, that looks different for everybody. That's right. It does. But if you want, uh, I know uh, uh, you got, a lot of you are coffee drinkers, and you'll learn better one day, but uh, <laughs> if you're coffee drinkers, then have you a cup there. Have a cup of coffee. Make it comfortable for you. I'll have a, a glass of iced tea or something there with me, and that's okay. But find what works for you, which is which is I can say that save about ten minutes. <laughs> but find what find what works for you. Oh my, this can't be already. Uh, we got five minutes. Does somebody else have a hand? I'm sorry if I'm. I thought no. Okay. Um, keep a schedule. If it's 30 minutes a day, it's real important. Stick to it. Well, I didn't have time today. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, you may have to get up 30 minutes earlier. Well, I'm not a morning person. Well, I understand that one because I'm not. I do better work at night. But whatever works for you. You say, well, I, I'm going to start out with 15 minutes. That's 15 more than you were doing. Let's go with 15. Uh, 30... That's something. Some can do it. You know, get you get to be retired. You can do an hour, two, three, or five a day. Uh, okay, Lord understands that. And he understands you got to go to work uh, and work hard every day, and you don't don't have as much time. Maybe, but maybe you can just carve out thirty minutes or twenty minutes. But don't make any excuses about it. We can do that. Anybody here ever done that besides me? Well, you know that I... Well, yes, Lord knows that too. Um, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. And I just put this one down. I think I got this from Ryan Goodwin, this one. Um, ask your parents or spouse to remind you until a new habit is formed. Uh, sometimes a wife or husband, friend, um, can bust your chops. About about different things, and that's okay. Have them. You know, did you uh, did you or uh, did you study that today, or did you do this? Thing? No, I'm tired. I got a headache. Well, you know, you'll get over that. Then once you get a new habit formed, then you'll feel bad when you don't get it done. So if you have to form a new habit, it's not easy always, and it's not always easy. But uh, do that. 
I'm going to point number three here, and I did that in bold, and all those highlighted things in bold, but I did that intentionally. Avoid commentaries at first. Commentaries are, are good, reliable commentaries. Now, I've got that over here a page or two back, but uh, we'll get into that probably Wednesday night and maybe next Sunday. Uh, but don't, don't, don't let that be your first stop. Don't let that be your first stop. Um, read the passage first and think about it. Um, sometimes, uh, I, we, we did this for a long time, we put um, note cards on the mirror. Put, put a passage or something on, on a note card on a mirror. You're looking at the mirror a lot, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, and all of those things. Put it up there, one passage a week, and you'll, you'll have that memorized in one week and it'll be with you forever. W whatever works for you, uh, do, do that. Uh, discuss these passages with a friend. One of Jason's favorite verses is iron sharpens iron. Sharpens iron. What does that mean? The people that you're around can make you better. The discussions that you have with them and influences that they are on you and you on them. Uh, we, 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 just, we don't have any problem discussing sports or whatever with, with our friends. How, how much do we discuss the Bible with our friends? Iron sharpens iron. It does. Uh, the elders just started last, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago tomorrow, we started uh, studying together, having dinner together. We're going to do that once a month. And... Um, and discussing articles and discussing passages, and so that we can not only grow closer together as, a, as an eldership, but uh, also iron sharpening iron uh, when we have certain topics or whatever. Um, so discuss it with a friend. Now, define the words. Uh, in, in the Old King James, the word conversation. What does conversation mean in, in our language, of course, like we're having here? What does conversation mean in the Old King James Version? Or, it's a way of life. Well, how would you know that? Well, you have to have dictionary, just like we do. If you don't know what a dictionary or what, what a word means, we go to a dictionary. Well, there are Bible dictionaries <coughs> that, that give us meaning of words. So, 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 uh, and I've, I've got a whole list of those kinds of things. And look at it this week, and if you got questions, we'll talk about it. So, um, yeah. a typo. I don't do typos. Number four, do not read a book out of chronological order. Hour of. Out. Out. You did that on purpose, didn't you? I did to see if Thank you. Now. Now. One. You also didn't turn to your spouse and have them proofread. Yeah. 